Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Charlotte, how do you use your difference to make a difference? Great question. I love that. Um, I think I'm such a unique unicorn in so many different cases. I am an entrepreneur in a very male-dominated industry, real estate, finance, and private equity. At the same time, I am a mom of a nine-month-old. I enjoy being a mom. I'm doing everything. Um, so, And I come from a Chinese culture with an American perspective as well. So all of those differences, I believe... Uh, you know, they became my, became my strength. So I want to use all of those, you know, so-called perceived weakness. For example, being a mom, for example, being from being an immigrant, all those differences and perceived weaknesses. I want to make something out of myself, I want to take John's Creek Capital to another level, become truly, truly successful. Maybe one day we'll go IPO. I'm not sure. So, you know, when we become truly successful, people will start listening. So how we make a difference is that, you know, when we make it, when I make it, I want to make it. So that's how I'm going to really make people um, hear my story because people aren't going to listen to you unless you're successful. Unfortunately, a lot of cases, that's just how it works. So that's how I make a difference. So I really want people to know that when I become successful, they can look at my story and then they can look at themselves and say, if Charlotte can succeed, I can do it too. So that's really the mission. How you day, how you day. That was the voice of Charlotte. And as you can hear from the intro, we're talking about multiple things, identity, business, and really discovering who you are by owning and embracing all aspects of yourself. Today, we dive into what it's like to delve into a unique and niche real estate investment strategy. You know, she's someone that has developed an expertise in this. And for anyone looking to develop wealth, this is an untapped market. And so I'm hopeful that you're able to see how she developed her wealth and how she helps other people do the same. But I also want you to expand your mind and think about how looking within your backyards and spotting niches can create opportunities for you, right? That's what today's episode is about. Hopeful that you can employ it with your strategy or share it with others who are thinking about finding passive income. Enjoy the episode. And as always, see you on the other side. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and today's guest is Charlotte Dunford. Now, she's the driving force behind Johns Creek Capital. With her expertise in the real estate investment landscape, Charlotte has established herself as a prominent figure managing an impressive $5 million in assets under management across 27 mobile home parks. 
We're going to be discussing, you know, what makes the small mobile home parks niche attractive and also her background in any of these. Because I, I can imagine some people like, well, I want to be in real estate, but what exactly is mobile homes? Well, hopefully after today's interview, you're able to see how you can add this to your portfolio. Welcome to the show, Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. The pleasure is mine. Now, before we get into the nitty gritty of uh, mobile homes, I'm curious, what what was your background like? What, what led you to this path where you're on? Where did you grow up? How did you decide that you were going to be this driving force as you've been described? Right. So, um, so I was born and raised um, in China until I was 16 years old. And then I decided that, that I needed to get into an American high school to be able to pursue American higher education. So um, at 16 years old, I decided to come to the United States. I came by myself without my parents, uh, found a host family to go to high school in Pennsylvania. And then I graduated high school, went to Georgia Tech, which is uh, one of the top engineering schools here in the South. And um, so I, um, you know, long story short, I took a job after graduation. And then right off the bat, I started buying real estate. So starting from a single family home, the suburbs of Atlanta, uh, South Atlanta, and then I um, bought uh, another duplex. But I quickly realized uh, to fulfill my uh, vision of scaling the business uh, based on a new um, undergrad salary was not going to fulfill that vision. So I decided to take a calculated risk, took a jump and started my own venture. Uh, along with my business partner who has been in business for over 40 years. Um, so we together started Jaws Creek Capital, took it from a, you know, from zero mobile home parks to today over 30 transactions and also currently managing 26 mobile home parks. We actually just sold one yesterday. So that Dude. makes our total asset under management over $4 million. Congratulations, by the way. That's amazing. Uh, Thank you. You're very welcome. There's so many things to unpack here. So I came to the United States when I was 17. I'm from Nigeria. Um, yeah, yeah. My uh, The only difference is, you know, we were on, I came, my father was a diplomat, so he was in Vietnam at the time. I just graduated. So I graduated from Nigeria. We hopped in a plane to Vietnam, my mom and my brothers, and then my yeah. I had to get the visa and then came to Virginia. So yeah. I understand that. Yeah. So I understand that part. You got 16 though. So when you were 16, was. which is one year younger. You you haven't talked about the visa process. How did you navigate any of the visa process to be able to do what you said? Because you said you invested right away. Did you get a visa right away that got you to do no, that? No, 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 Not when I was 16. So uh. when I graduated college, you know, when I first started my first job, at that time, I was already uh, in the process of applying for a green card. So oh. that was that was a little different. But, uh, yeah. you know, when I was 16 years old, I came by myself. That was just for school. That was on the student visa. Student visa, yeah. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so now for the audience, because the audience is from, you know, different parts of the world. One of the things I always ask about doing business is like, do you have to have a certain type of visa now for what you do here? When you talk about small mobile home parks, can you first define what exactly a small mobile home is? And then the qualifications. Uh, a mobile home park is not to be confused with mobile homes. Uh -huh. So mobile homes are actually titled at a DMV, is considered a vehicle. So people talk about, oh, we're gonna invest in mobile homes. That's a big mistake because do not invest in mobile homes that are depreciating. So what we want to invest in is actually mobile home parks. That is the closest asset class to mobile home parks is actually a parking lot. So um, people park their mobile homes in your mobile home park to 
pay you a lot rent. So you're essentially rent, uh, running on the dirt underneath the mobile homes, not the homes themselves. So you're not going to go into the business of fixing toilets, fixing plumbing plumbing problems with inside the old mobile home. So that's not the business we want to get into. We want to stick with the parking lot business. Um, mm. So your job as a mobile home park owner is to take care of the infrastructure, take care of the neighborhood, give it a more of a, uh, a you know, home feel to it, neighborhood feel to it, but not to be confused with investing mobile homes. Two big, very, very different things. How did you recognize this niche? Because you're right, that's an important yeah. distinction. Right. So when I first started, right, I wanted, like everybody else, multifamily was super heated at the time. Multifamily was what everybody wanted to get into. However, um, for me, uh, you know, as a 23-year-old um, or 24-year-old at the time trying to get into multifamily real estate, looking at millions of dollar, dollars or properties, it was impossible for me to even talk to the brokers without, you know, millions of dollars asset you know, under my belt. So I was not able to do that. So I stumbled upon, well, I mean, listening to podcasts like yours, learning a lot of valuable information about what real estate, I found mobile home parks to be a, a valuable proposition for what the market is. So it, it essentially solves the problems of affordable housing. So mm -hmm. that there is a big problem to be solved. So that attracted to me immediately. So with the availability of seller financing, I was very much attracted to it uh, because I was, you know, the ability to guarantee bank loans at the time. Um, you know, for me, you know, just launching my venture, um, the banks wouldn't be so interested in lending to a new startup but at the time. So we were able to get several seller financing deals and uh, cash deals. Um, and then serving our investors, returning um, good returns uh, in our projections. And then we're able to, uh, you know, find those deals and do these deals. So that's really was a perfect match. And yeah. Wow. And I, I can imagine there's some obviously misconceptions, which you've talked about, but some challenges, you know, because you're 24, still young, obviously doing that. But did you encounter any other challenges as you were yeah. developing the portfolio? Yeah, absolutely. Like there's, there, there are plenty of challenges. Um, you know, mobile home park is, it's, uh, can be a difficult asset to manage is really not an easy walk in the park. No pun intended. Um, so, uh, yeah. It, it is interesting though. There is a stigma, right? Even right, right now, if people, whenever you see mobile homes and trailer, you know, all these things, it, it often is stigmatized to a certain portion of the United States or a certain income level of someone. And I think what you're priming the audience to think about is as you're approaching real estate, multifamily is one, single family is one, commercial real estate is another, but a particular niche that you, I think you're saying can actually expand and give you more passive income and generate cash flow, is looking into areas where you could actually have mobile home parks. Yeah, exactly. So the stigma issue, right? So the stigmas, you know, they, they exist for a reason because in the past, probably there are parks that really have issues. But our job as mobile home park owners is to clear those stigmas by establishing, um, improving neighborhoods and give tenants the pride of ownership so that they can, um, you know, we want to close that uh, traditionally, you know, trailer park um, stigma and 
you know, make it into a mobile home, manufactured housing community, yeah. uh, give it a better reputation because it does solve the affordable housing problem. So really a lot of the, the, the work for us to do, the problem we're solving is to um, eliminate that stigma by establishing better neighborhoods and then create better communities. In the future, we want mobile home parks to be, um, you know, an appealing place to live. So more and more people can live in it, especially with interest rates so high, housing prices so high, housing availability so low, with inventory so low, you know, it's almost impossible to own a home, but that's the American dream, right? So um, we want people to have that. There's a huge need for that American dream, quality housing, quality neighborhoods, but that starts with eliminating the stigma and establishing better communities. And gotcha. That's our job. And how can people start identifying opportunities the investment opportunities is there a website they can go to is that something you help with yeah so we are you know we syndicate deals right so we um you know work with investors so they can invest passively and we are the general partners investors and limited partners we offer you know waterfall structure preferred return and all that good stuff so when it comes to sourcing deals if you work with that or work with anybody when you work with a gp with a general partner who know what they're doing with a strong mm -hmm. management team then they do the job but if you want to do it alone which i do not recommend however i would talk about how we source deals is that we have several channels right number one is that we actively go on um mobile home store mobilehomeparkstore.com which is one of the biggest mobile home park sourcing uh websites and also we have established broker and seller relationships just from being the business in the business uh for a few years now to uh, have leads pouring into us every day so we look at lots of deals every day um so yeah so that's that's on a basic level how, how we source deals Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, by the way, th this is something that you obviously helped do. And I'm definitely going to do my best to direct the audience to your website so that, you know, they're able to, you know, build and partner up with you. And so I appreciate you sharing that from both perspectives, the by yourself perspective and with a, with a GP perspective as well. Um, with, with real estate and the economy, one of the things that sometimes people wonder about is the return on investment. Can you speak to your return on investment? Is, have you noticed that the return on investment is a certain percentage versus other types of real estate investment? You know, I'm just curious about what the ROI is like and how soon that, you know, those returns come, how soon the passive incomes come, what the potential wealth portfolio is like when comparing with other traditional real estate investments. Right. So, for us at Johns Creek Capital, we try to distribute uh, one month past closing. So let's, for example, mm -hmm. if we bought this deal, uh, let's say in December 2023, it, we start distributing one full month after closing, which means February 2024, you will receive, I mean, you try, we try to distribute every month, uh, you know, based on our budgeting position, based on our financial situation and based, based on um, the, the cash position in the bank. So depending on how that park performed that month, we'll make a distribution to investors every month on 15th. Um, so that's monthly distribution pretty much starts uh, immediately one full month after we close. Um, as far as ROI, so, um, you know, we've sold um, one, uh, LLC. So we form an LLC um, around each uh, property that we own. Mm -hmm. So 
uh, for example, we bought this, if we buy a park located at 123 Main Street uh, um, somewhere, Atlanta, Georgia, let's just say that, uh, we're going to form a company that's called 123 Main Street LLC just to help identify. And then investors then buy shares and equity based on their you know, pro rata amount of how much they invested. So, uh, so we sold one LLC in June of last year. So that one has delivered uh, an ROI uh, it, it, at a limited partner level, about mm. 20% annualized return. Yeah, oh, this is good. This is good. And I, I know with you, you have something you call the blue ocean strategy. Could you elaborate more on that? Yeah, Blue Ocean Strategy is not just particular to mobile home parks. It's also for businesses in general. So first, A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Successful business, you have to be able to escape competition. You have to be able to stand out in your field. So to do that, you have to find blue ocean. Either you are so good, your your technology, you have a killer technology that you're so good at what you're doing, no one can compete with you. Then you have you create that blue ocean for yourself, for yourself. So and then another way to approach it is do you find a place where a lot of people don't. Uh, see yet you, you kind of want to find that diamond in the rough mm-hmm. which is what kind of mobile home park is right especially in our niche which is small to medium level mobile home park a lot of people are all chasing after the big deals multi-family single family everybody's talking about it everybody has some sort of you know understanding of it but you know if you're a really smart investor and you're not just a speculator a lot of people are just speculating right so yes. you want to be investing not speculating so to make it an intelligent and educated decision you have to find that niche where there are not a lot of competition the prices are not overheated so you're not overpaying so uh, at mobile home park fits that profile for us yeah so you know you're looking for differentiation but it's also this, this low cost type of Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. to make a mobile home park low cost, the biggest money cost, the main, the biggest money loser in mobile home parks is utility. So if you're yeah. looking at mobile home parks, you know, for us, we pay extra uh, attention to the utility structure, right? How old is utilities, right? And then, you know, number of tenant owned homes, you know, a tenant owned homes, um, in the mobile home park techno, uh, terminology just means the tenant owns the home. So that's the kind of home you want. You don't want to deal with a park-owned home. If you yeah. see in a broker's brochure that there are park-owned homes, you got to make sure that the park-owned home is either really new or what's mm-hmm. the status of it. For us, we avoid those at all costs. Um, <laughs> try to avoid those. And um, and then we pay attention to when they were made. If they're brand new in 2023, then that 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 changes things a little bit. You can yeah. sell them off at a better price, and then they're you know less maintenance intensive. So that's different. So for us, we always want to stick with over 80 percent to known homes. Wow, wow, okay. And um, on your website, I saw that you you also said one of the reasons to invest is that 
there are tax advantages. What are the tax advantages to invest in? Right. So mobile home parks would have a depreciation schedule a lot shorter, almost half as short as multifamily. So especially for the first year you invest in a mobile home park, you're able to have a bigger chunk of a write-off. We are not tax professionals. However, we would advise all of our investors, uh, you know, prospects or existing investors will always tell everybody to talk to your tax professional. They know your tax situation the best. So they were able to assist you based on what um, what your tax situation, but we do have uh, tax advantages um, in terms of depreciation, in terms of, you know, tax-free distribution. Wow. Wow. And then again, so uh, for those listening, the tax advantages, are, you know, one thing, the ability for you to be able to just understand how you can contribute to affordable housing is another thing. And it's a unique niche in the sense that it's it's differentiated enough and low cost enough that you could actually, you know, eventually develop a wide portfolio. And, you know, as we're talking to you, Charlotte here, you know, she's part of John's Creek Capital and John's Creek Capital.com, correct? Yes, absolutely yes. correct. John's Creek Capital.com. Yes, we'll make sure we put that in the show notes for you to be able to see how you could work with them on this. Uh, the the uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up with you is zoning regulations. So, how does you know what do you do? You know, I'm sure the mayor sometimes it depends on the city, right? The mayor might have whatever regulations they have to adhere to. How do the investments get impacted by the regulations? Yeah, huge impact, right? So, this is a double-edged sword. So on one hand, it, it gives a mobile home parks an unfair advantage over other asset classes because, you know, cities, counties, especially the cities or states, mostly the cities, they don't like mobile home parks for tax reasons, for stigma reasons, whatever, right? They don't, sometimes they, they, they give you a hard time. So, but on the, on the flip side of things, let's talk about the unfair advantage first because they, um, mobile home parks are able to, you know, sustain the profit they have because zoning regulations, right? It's almost impossible, if not extremely difficult or slow to build new mobile home parks, right? The demand of affordable housing is huge. However, the supply of affordable housing, mobile home parks, mm-hmm. it's not even growing because of the zoning regulation. So you, you've got a model, an economic model of a, a fast growing demand, but a stagnant supply. So basic economics, right? Supply and demand. So demand is huge, supply is not growing. That drives the price. So it makes a profit, right? So that's the, that side of things. The, the second side of things is that the city do send you reg- violations, which may or may not cost you. You just have to work with them, address the concerns promptly, work with the city, get the city on your side. You know, yeah. get, get on their good side and tell them, hey, this is solving this problem within the, the affordable housing arena. Do you see this problem? And uh, try to be, you know, try not to make enemies. However, sometimes you have to fight, but you have to fight. You have to be make sure that you're um, not liable for any any problem. They could try to put a lien on the property. You just have to have the expertise to deal with them. And, and then we, we at Johns Creek Capital, we've dealt plenty with the cities and have kind of have a system down on how to deal with them and this would be another reason for the for people to work with you right because you, you're well yeah expanded. it is a tough man it is a tough asset to manage for yeah. if you don't have the expertise but everybody's yeah. different right so yeah 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 and the whole time is typically what two to eight years yeah correct yeah. you know it d- depends on market conditions we always we, we, we make we are you know 
um, you know, good stewards of investors' money. That's our our our, our mission, and we always act in investors' best interest. So, if let's say five years come and the market is not favorable for a sale, then we don't sell. We always have a very um, uh, a good rationale for making a decision to sell. It's never something that we just, you know, uh, take it, just say, hey, we're going to sell. It always has to be a very calculated decision. Love it. Love it. Now, th this is always, sorry, it's always so fascinating for me to be able to see this because I'm always curious about the, the multiple ways we can work to build wealth. And I think you're doing a great job of educating us and things that we don't pay attention to maybe because of narratives around that. And so uh, you definitely opened my mind to a different way of looking at real estate today, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Pleasure. Yeah. I, now I, I want to turn to you here, right? So you came, uh, you know, you came from China and you were here and you were just like ambitious early on. And so I'm curious what you've learned about yourself navigating between the cultural differences, because a lot of the listeners like you and I grew up in multiple parts of the world. And sometimes as they go to these new countries, they're always trying to figure out the nuance of figuring out the identity shift that they notice within themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. As well yeah. as understanding how they can then show up with their passions and interests. So I'm curious what your story was like with navigating identity shifts. Absolutely. So identity crisis certainly exists for everybody who's multicultural. So you mm -hmm. have to find yourself in the whirlwind of all these different cultures. So I think I went through uh, three phases. Well, yeah, three phases. When I first came to the United States, I was really eager to blend into the American society. When my host family bought a Chinese cookbook and told me, hey, which one do you want? I'll cook for you. I told them, no, I will eat whatever you eat because I'm in this for the long haul. I'm not going to just be particular about the food. So I'm just going to have to blend in from day one. So I try so, so hard to be American, right? So, and then as years go on, during college time, I was really kind of ashamed of my original identity say, hi, hey, why can't I be those, one of those like American college sorority girls? Why I can't, why can't I be super American? I try to be as American as possible, you know, finding myself, you know, stumbling upon obstacles. However, now I'm in business and become an entrepreneur and uh, having a baby, a nine month old baby who is also multicultural, I, I, I find that I'm holding on more to my Chinese identity, Chinese culture and the wisdom of the Chinese culture, of which you know a lot of the ancient texts and my my, my Chinese, you know, a way of looking at the world. So yeah. this multi multi dimensional way of looking at the world actually becomes my biggest fortune. Isn't that so? I, I I relate a lot to that. It's so interesting how the older we get, once we start learning how to accept ourselves, we find the nuance where we learn that the aspects of ourselves that we might have been ashamed of of our identity because of narratives, right? Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Or, you know, because obviously the way America is portrayed often is like everybody yeah. goes here, they don't go here. But then you're like, well, part of what makes me the best version of myself is the fact that I'm this and this. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That so, so what you have perceived before as weakness becomes mm -hmm. your biggest feature. And then mm. you're going to let that feature shine and work to your advantage. That's what I've learned. Feature works for your future. Look at that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Naturally rhyming over here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, 
I, I appreciate your vulnerability in that. And, and I can guarantee you it's going to really help the audience because it's also one of the things that doesn't get spoken about. Like people with the backgrounds we have, there are the layers and men, you know, it takes a mental toll. The stuff you said, identity crisis, I, I remember that and I see how that shapes in whatever, how I show up, confidence, competence in all those areas. Absolutely. And- yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to go through ups and downs. You're going to go through those periods where you feel like, you know, why why was I not born into this rich American family? Why do I have to learn English from from zero? Why how comes my my parents never moved in me moved me into college? They never helped me with job searching, college application process. I had to figure that out on my own. I mean, all of that becomes your strength. So, uh, you know, for those who are listening, if you're struggling with this, I want you to be very, very proud of yourself. Yeah, well, we're all proud of you, Charlotte. <laughs> this, <laughs> thank you, thank you. This, is where, this is where you go. Um, before, before I ask you the final question, uh, what are the plans, the future plans for Johns Creek Capital? Where do you see the business going? Right. So Johns Creek Capital 2024 is obviously going to be a very volatile year for the market. Mm-hmm. Um, so if the, the, their interest rates are going to be very volatile. There may be cut. So we're just going to have to improve our operational efficiency, uh, manage our current portfolio uh, in, in excellence and improve our efficiency at the same time. Um, also do do a few deals when the right deals come along. We're always sourcing deals. Um we're always, and in the meantime, taking care of a current portfolio, always sourcing new deals, always taking on new investors, always talking to new new investors. But we 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 have so much data built up from over thirty transactions and currently twenty six parks under management. Just know what works and what doesn't work. So we just look for the right deal and um, the right niche to uh, the the right deal to attack. So um, getting new deals, you know, improve and maintaining whatever you know uh, the current operational efficiency. I always appreciate the honesty, man. Uh, that was very honest. Yes, we've definitely had an interesting past couple of years, but I, it sounds like you have a great plan for this. And I, I think, honestly, this is something that as we're navigating through changing markets, it's important to be able to see how we can also change our investment strategies. And I can see this being a very important part of many people's portfolios. So I appreciate you sharing that. Of course. Yeah. The last question I have is my mission statement reframed as a question. So my mission statement uh, Charlotte is use your difference to make a difference. So, Charlotte, how do you use your difference to make a difference? Great question. I love that. Um, I think I'm such a unique unicorn in so many different cases. I am an entrepreneur in a very male-dominated industry, real estate finance and private equity. At the same time, I am a mom of a nine-month-old. I enjoy being a mom. I'm doing everything. Um, so. And I come from a Chinese culture with an American perspective as well. So all of those differences, I believe, uh, you know, they became my, became my strength. So I want to use all of those, you know, so-called perceived weakness, for example, being a mom, for example, being from being an immigrant, all those differences and perceived weaknesses. I want to make something out of myself, want to take John's Creek Capital to another level, become truly, truly successful. Maybe one day we'll go IPO. I'm not sure. So, you know, when we become truly successful, people will start listening. So how we make a difference is that, you know, when we make it, when I make it, I want to make it. So that's how I'm going to really make people um, hear my story because people aren't going to listen to you unless you're successful. Unfortunately, a lot of cases, that's just how it works. So that's how I make a difference. So I really want people to know 
that when I become successful, they can look at my story and then they can look at themselves and say, if Charlotte can succeed, I can do it too. So that's really the mission. You are successful. You will be even more successful. Uh, <laughs> so, but, from, you. You're very welcome. It's my pleasure and duty. And uh, from one immigrant to another, I just want to thank you for this episode. I, you know, I, it was just, it was breath uh, refreshing, I should say, just hearing you be as honest as you are by experiences, but also just talking about how you can always find, you know, unique niches if you're looking and, and, and you were taught, you were honest about the entire process, but uh, oftentimes, you know, there's a lot of, you know, opportunity in the niches that we avoid. So I appreciate Absolutely. you being honest. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. This has been a real pleasure. Kings, Queens, and royalty till next time. Use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.